Hello, friends, and welcome to Coach Cuts Corner. Streaming bright from Michigan's capital city, this podcast is dedicated to helping you better understand the who, the what, and the why of mental performance, personal growth, and Lansing Stars baseball. Coach Cuts Corner, brought to you by iWatch. In collaboration with Lansing Community College. And now here's your host, Stephen Cutter. Welcome back or welcome to Coach Cuts Corner. I'm Stephen Cutter and today I'm joined in studio with Coach Modaf. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for asking. How about you? I'm doing pretty well. It's a beautiful day out and uh, we're going to rip some podcasts today and we're going to talk about the transfer portal, fall practices that are just about ready to get kicked off, Mm -hmm. what a typical fall looks like for the stars. We've been through getting ready to start our third fall here. And we've added a few new coaches to our coaching staff. So yeah. we're going to touch on them a little bit. Uh, start off with coaches. We brought in a driveline floor trainer that it was currently in Arizona. And he's making mm-hmm. his way to Michigan right now. His name is Elijah Boyer. He's going to be our new hitting coach. And we'll be the director of hitting here at LCC. What do you know about Elijah? Yeah, I am familiar with him a little bit through kind of our connection with Driveline, sending a few guys out there. Just a couple. Yep. Yeah, just a couple. Uh, really what, you know, is most exciting is I've got a, a lot of reviews from guys that actually had worked with him already this summer or in the past and have talked about how he's awesome and they've used terms like a game changer and things like that when describing a coach and that's huge. That's kind of what we're looking for here. Yeah, and he's he's a nuclear engineer or something like that too, right? Yeah, yeah I believe so. Crazy. <laughs> and then uh, we we also brought in Travis Doyle. Travis will be our new pitching coach and will direct the, the pitchers mm-hmm. this season. Travis owns a facility in Okemos. Dagda. Dagda, yep. So that's really exciting. Travis played a little bit of pro ball and, and is uh, very well-versed in technology and yep. development and um, the facility side and is just starting to get into coaching at the collegiate level. So it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty exciting that we're able to land Travis. And Big time. We'll certainly have Travis and Elijah on our podcast, you know, moving forward. Um, the, what do you think Travis brings to the table in your opinion? I think he, br- I think he brings uh, a little bit of maturity that, uh, that our pitchers will be able to learn and grow from I believe, uh, just the data side. It's, it messes really well with kind of our visions here and using every piece of information we can to try to make somebody better. Uh, he's not an eye test guy. He's, he's definitely a, let's see some proof of it. Let's see some data. And he's got a growth mindset, and uh, he's he's looking to keep moving up and keep getting better. And that's he, you know, he's looking for more answers. He's he's looking for ways to to stay on the cutting edge, and and that's a big piece of of really the type of players we want in this staff on this on this team, and and the type of coaches we want on the staff. And and I'm I'm really excited to get to work with Travis. Yeah, I think he's curious, and we talked about curious a little bit, and curious is, tends to be a pretty good thing. You know, one of the things that we've really experienced at, as a as a coach and, and just as a person is change. And we've talked about how change is hard for everyone. Few choose to go after change. We must we must accept and embrace it as coaches. We experience it every season. 
and really only get to work with our guys for a maximum of two years. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of change over the past two seasons, starting with some really great players and coaches and also with how we approach development, we've changed our mindsets on on how we're going to do things and how we're going to develop. And you know, the change just continues and continues. Uh, we've had changes with technology, and we've had to uh, figure out what works best and what doesn't work. And we we dive into here, and we find that it's really really good and it helps here. And then we dive into something else, and it helps in a different way. And yep. and we're we have to figure out what's going to be the best and. And then we've had some changes. We're changing to our ballpark. At one point, it flooded, and now we're working <laughs> on a pitcher's development area. And and as as I'm, you know, kind of have been the vision behind that and doing a lot of the construction piece of it. I, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, is this is this what's this going to look like when it floods? You know, again, yeah, if, yeah. if it happens again. So once you go through that stuff, you, you're a little more prepared for for the next time. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't suck any more or any less or anything mm-hmm. like that. But but you are a little more prepared and you're thinking about it. And I think that's where that preparation helps you if, if you're preparing for the change. And as I said, you know, and you already know, we, you experience a lot of change as a coach and at a, yeah. a at a junior college, you you really only have them for a couple of years. And so that turnover is large. And, and as you know, when we hit the ground running with practices, it's going to be a little different without some of the guys there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of the main, main things I was uh, thinking about on the trip home from Enid was, gosh, you know, when August 10th gets here and, and I walk in and Shane Jude is not there and Hunter Lay isn't taking BP and Noah Bright's not catching pens yeah, and I'm just thinking, you know, it's Stark and the rest yeah, of them, Chris you know, it's, it's, it's short. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's change. And, and like I said, you have to uh, embrace it somewhat. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, it's going to happen regardless. You just have to embrace it. I can't imagine like being in this profession and coaching and being someone that can't say goodbye, that would be, that would just be miserable. <laughs> Don't imagine they stick around too long. Yeah, probably not. But you can always see, you know, the best teams are, are served by love and yes. you can always, you can always tell how close the team is by, by the end of the year, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the season, when it's all said and done, it doesn't matter what sport it is. If you just, if you just watch it and, you know, I've done it with, um, you know, softball and in and, and different sports, volleyball, and different sports, you watch when it ends, you can tell how much love was, yeah. is within that team and kind of gives you that piece of it. You know, I saw a number the other day, I, I kind of want to talk about this and it's 475,000 kids will start high school in the U.S. this year and playing baseball and only about 70,000 will finish mm-hmm. 475 to 70. 10,000 of them will play college baseball this season. Mm-hmm. It's it's obviously a chosen few. And I know those numbers are probably pr- pr- very much in line. I think it's 5 or 6% will play college sports. So it's it's pretty much in line. Um, do, you, do you think it's getting harder to play college sports or do you think it's getting easier? What's your thoughts? Yeah, that question's a little kind of a double-edged sword there, I think. In some sense, it is getting harder, but I think that with technology, with Twitter, with social media, social, the internet, yeah. it's getting way easier. Where if you if somebody truly wants to play college baseball, even if they've only maybe played a season of it in their whole life, they could probably play college baseball somewhere. 
that's what I truly believe. Maybe not at a high level, but they could yeah. have a jersey on a team. So right. I think, but I, I think the the gap between what is a a good good player that is maybe a, a college baseball player to somebody that goes in it to a college that wins a lot and makes a giant impact is getting significantly wider. So it's it's really weird where the talent gap is exploding while the accessibility is becoming way easier than it's ever been. It's a super weird time. Yeah. We live in the land of opportunity. Yes. So th- those opportunities are certainly there. But yeah, you're you're right on the money. I want to talk about the transfer portal a little bit. Mm-hmm. If there's a single question that I get asked <laughs> from parents, that is usually the first. If not, oh, yeah. if it's not the first, it's the second question mm-hmm. because there's a lot of assumptions, and then there's a lot of statements from whether it's coaches or or players, and and so they're getting all this information, and then most of those parents are high school parents and they just don't necessarily understand. And I'm, I'm and high school coaches are, are no different because they don't completely understand either because they, yeah. they can't see the portal. They, they can only hear the stories. They, they don't necessarily know what's going on with the rosters or, or who's reaching out. Um, I did see something, I think it was about a year ago where a pretty prominent baseball coach said, that this portal was going to be gone. It it was was short term. It was because of COVID and (laughs) it was going to be gone. And, and, uh, I happened to, you know, screenshot that and keep that just for, for sakes. And I don't think, I don't think it's going anywhere. We had, uh, you know, over 4,000 in the baseball portal before it closed. And the numbers that, that actually go someplace out of that are, you know, not great. 50%. Yeah. 50%. And that's could be a little bit of a stretch too, Mm -hmm. but you know, the, the portals changed so much. You know, we started in, in 2020 with COVID changing everything in, in all of these sports landscapes. And then COVID certainly affected the baseball landscape as well. But then as we've transitioned from that, now we're in the portal and how much that's changing. We had kids that, that missed a, you know, their entire junior year, their senior year, sophomore year, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Now, with the portal, it's so different because there are so many kids in it that have some type of collegiate experience. And the how's that? How do you believe that's affecting the high school kids? I think that is part of, you know, that plays into that talent gap that I talked a little bit about earlier where the guys that are unbelievable or for high school talents are still getting those D1 opportunities. Yeah. But the ones that are pretty good, but maybe not the superstar, or maybe not, you know, the top 10, 15 in the state, which is a very select few, their market moves really slow. And, you know, I, I talked to, 10 to 15 kids a week on the phone mm-hmm. and have several on campus, you know, throughout the month. Right. And that's one of the main things I, I ask is, you know, how is your recruiting process going? And I don't think I've ever had a kid go, it's unbelievable. Like there are schools coming out of the woodwork for me and we're not recruiting kids that, that struggle at baseball. We're recruiting really, really good athletes here. It's just the way it is now. And that's kind of what we talk about is it, it moves slow because they want to have all their money tied up in portal guys. They're a safer bet. 
if we had that luxury, I, I'm sure that our recruiting model would change a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we've got to rely on high school guys and and develop them like we know we can, and and that's why JUCO is an awesome route for them, and and uh, that's a little bit why the four year stuff is getting a little funky now. It's all because of how the portal moves. Yeah, you know we're we're certainly very fortunate to be here, and and. Yeah. Kids are fortunate if they can go to the junior college level because Absolutely. if they, if they go to a good spot, they have very very high odds of of being able to go to the next step because they're getting some of that college experience. But as we've kind of talked before, the difference between you know a freshman coming out of high school at our first practice and <laughs> a sophomore that's or even spent, a redshirt yeah, freshman or, or a redshirt freshman or whatever it might be, the difference is unbelievably stark yeah. between those two players. So it takes time and and they have to, you know, buy into the the weight room and and the mental performance and all that, all those things. And it takes a little bit of time before they start that maturity process. And so college coaches look at that at the four year level too, and the ones that um, are trying to be successful and win. And there's, they're seeing like there's a huge difference. So the kids that are still getting out, the offers are what I like to call outliers and they're going to get those offers. But the kids that aren't outliers, that doesn't mean that they're not good. It just means that they're not quite, they don't necessarily have that tool at that level yet, but, but they, they have a good chance of doing it if they do the right stuff. But if you're not an outlier, you're just not getting the offers that, you know, maybe kids would have gotten 2019 or 2017 or. They're not getting them yet. It'll right. come. It'll come at the right spot. If you're at a Lansing, it'll come. But right. it's got to right. be the right it's, fit. It, it just takes a lot of time. Uh, do you think the portal's going away? No, absolutely not. No, it's 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 like free agency. You know, it's if for schools that. You know, I've, I've heard horror stories of kids that have ended up at a junior college that, you know, you go on their prep baseball report page and it says, oh, they're committed to, you know, random university, random D1 university. Like, well, that's not true. He's at this community college. And then you hear the horror story of, well, the pre, the program he was committed to, they had a losing season. The AD told their head coach, if he doesn't turn it around, uh, he's gone. He's looking for a new job in, in the summer. And, you know, that leads to, all right, we get rid of all of our high school guys that are coming in. We go and get portal arms and portal bats that can make an impact right away and right help me win right yeah. away. And then we'll, we'll reassess. And, you know, it's, that's, it's, a, it's a way to fix your roster. It's, and it's, mm-hmm. not only is it a, a, a great tool for, for a coaching staff to help fill holes on a roster, um, and, and get them an education at that in that institution but it's also for the players to find the right fit I, I think I if it went away I think that would just be a massive injustice to players if I'm being honest like I'm all for it I think it's a great thing for them yeah a little bit of the world that we live in I, th- yeah. I you know we have a coach's portal we we have a player's portal yeah. you know you might not call them portals but that it's a little bit of the world we live in. Um, I want to kind of hit as we're getting ready to start our season here mm-hmm. in a couple of days. Summer is still by a calendar's measure is still here, but by our measure, we're into our fall season at this point. What, was, what are some of your takeaways from this past summer for you? Because, you know, you went for ten, for 10 months as a, as a college baseball coach and then all of a sudden that cut off. 
yeah. and you had different responsibilities. And what was the, your biggest takeaway from the summer? Uh, I think the biggest takeaway is just how much, how much you miss or how much I miss a routine where there are a lot of people that, you know, we went through it with the hiring process where we talked to people about coaching and, you know, they asked what the time commitment is and, you know, we're practicing six or seven days a week when we're able to in season. And that's just what we do. And, uh, it's not a big deal. It's just, you're asking for three hours out of the day, but for a lot of people, that's way too much. And, uh, it's not because that's the price of success. But uh, with with that, you know, you, you realize you're sitting there on, you know, the Sunday we get back from Enid and I'm thinking like, gosh, I should be leaving for practice at 8 p.m. at the kingdom or something like that. And it just doesn't doesn't exist. But, you know, it, that's when, like you said, you got to put it in perspective and change roles where it goes from X's and O's to, you know, dollars and cents with scholarships and recruiting and on the academic side and making sure guys are taking the right summer classes and guys are taking or are making the proper steps recruiting wise to get out of here and, and get to get to their dream school and, and all that sort of stuff. So that's, that's a little bit of what my summer was like. It's not a vacation as some may think it's actually probably equally as busy or slightly busier in different sense, different areas of my life. Do you believe there's an off season when you're a collegiate coach? For some, okay. but not the that's, one I want to be. Yeah, that's 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 a great answer. I, I definitely feel like in the months of June and July, I get asked that question one way, shape, or form, and <laughs> just kind of laugh. There's there's no such thing as an off season for you know it, yeah. it's it's who you are. I think one of the biggest takeaways for me over the this past summer was what really hit home was that no matter how much you prepare and plan. You have to be ready for change. Yes. And it's not coming dressed as a million dollars or a new sweet jumbotron in right center. You know, the change is, is, is going to be hard and life will really throw you some nasty curveballs and those curveballs do not have good ride. So you kind of got to put your head down and you have to put in the work and you ride the wave of, of, you know, positive things and disappointments yeah. and and changes it's just one of those things that doesn't yeah. matter how much you prepare uh it's going to hit but the preparation is going to help you handle it more if you if you're prepared and that's really um what i i believe is the, the difference between a good coach and a great coach mm-hmm. and and it, it's kind of said that you know a good coach is going to prepare yeah for this game and the and a great coach is going to prepare for this game as well. But the difference is the great coach is going to make adjustments at halftime and halftime could, doesn't necessarily need to be in a football game. Halftime could be in your day, in your hour or or your practice or, you know, whatever that you're doing, you've got to be able to make adjustments. And that's where that preparation, you know, everybody should be preparing but how are you going to handle those adjustments? And, and man, we've, we've had a ton of them thrown at us over the last few months and we've adjusted pretty well because we were prepared. And I think the truly, truly great ones learned a long time ago that this is kind of what you've, you've signed up for and they know that nothing will really change that. So I appreciate, appreciate, you know, you coming in today and appreciate you being on and look forward to uh, next time we're together. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. 
Coach Cuts Corner is recorded live in the WLNZ studios. Engineering and production assistance are provided by Dedalian Lowry. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it and follow us on all the platforms of social media. You can find more about our program at lccstars.com. And donations to our baseball program can be made at the same site. See you next time. Coach